On this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast, we will talk about how hitting your employees is illegal in some states. All, all states. Probably all states. Let's do this. podcast i'm diana i'm liz i'm aimless 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 uh today we're going to talk season four episode 17 it's a terrible life it is it really <laughs> fucking is you nailed it supernatural oh. what have you been up to you um well um Oh yeah, I mean, I guess we could probably tell people that this is a Saturday and not yeah. the day so we we're, normally we're record. We're recording on a, a little earlier than normal this week, um, but oh, I did go. Uh, I just kicked my desk. Oh no. Um, yeah, so I went to went saw the Texas Rangers play uh, with the family, and uh, they lost. Um, no one's. I'd say no one's shocked. They've actually been doing decent, so they yeah. almost won. It was kind of a bummer. But, no, nah. Most importantly, what did you eat at the stadium? I'm not super stoked on my food last night or at the game. Like stadium food was what I was most excited about, and beer. Duh. That's what that's what you go to games for, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I had I did have some cheese fries, which basically means the basket of fries, and they have the a pump of the Rico's nacho cheese, yeah. like the good, the good, good, like that. And then I had some brisket egg rolls, which were pretty tasty. Yeah. But everything was like so salty. I was dying a little bit. Okay. Well, let's see you drink more beer. Yeah, I did. So, yeah, that, that's, so like, that's, the, like, that's the rule. They're like, there's option of small or large. I'm like, well, it's Michelob Ultra, so give me the large, obviously. Yeah. Duh. So I want to yeah. hydrate. Yeah. So no, it was it was it was a good time though, and um, had a lovely weekend breakfast with some out of town family members in downtown Grapevine this morning, which means breakfast tacos. So yeah, it was a good time and mimosas. So not Can't mad at that. that. Mm-hmm. Can't. It was good. Um. And I got to explain to a uh, someone from Missouri what come and take it was, because uh, it's on like everything in every store. So, you mean people outside of Texas aren't that familiar with the origins of that sign? Uh, apparently not. I, I I always forget these things sometimes, but you know, I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's the Gonzalez battle flag. Blah 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 blah. Here's your history. I think that's been adopted enough that most, a lot of people, well, I mean, I guess people just recognize it, but they right. probably don't. don't know the they just go, that's fucking Texans. And mm-hmm. anyway, so that was kind of, I was actually kind of cool. I was like, oh, yeah, I get to, I get to talk about Texas to non Texans. Yeehaw. So, but anyway, so yeah, that's, that's about it. And uh, hoping to get some pool time in now that we are in summertime and my pool's almost fucking done. So, yeah, there we go. Hooray. How about you? 
Um, I think I've been stuck in my office. I don't remember leaving my office ever um, for the past week. It's been insane trying to get ready to leave. Uh, I leave tomorrow. Don't rob my house. Um, it's, yeah, I'm going to San Francisco for a large conference and I have a lot of events that I am doing, um, some of which took um, a lot of effort to put together and I kind of want to punch the people who volunteered me for this in the face, mm. but the one who thought it up does have COVID and she's not coming from England. So I think that's kind of her punishment, but that's also my punishment because I wanted to hang out with her because she's a very cool chick. Uh, but so, she, and so then it's also the, oh, going to a large conference when there's COVID surges, which means there's a lot of paranoia. There's a lot of people talking about COVID. There's a lot of tests that I'm required to take. There's a lot of you're required to wear a mask, but then these people aren't. And then like, just tell me what the fuck you do. And then download this app, you know, spit on it, do a dance, um, make sure you do the hokey pokey. Then maybe we'll validate it. And maybe we'll keep your data safe. We probably won't. Just here, give me all your IDs and all your personal medical right. information and upload yeah. it to my app. It's fine. Well, okay. I promise you, it's all good. Yeah. So, um, sure. yeah. So, but it, there will be a lot of people I get to see. Um, and it's just been a lot of work and it's going to be a lot of work and a lot of socializing and dance, monkey dance. I have like, I'm giving two talks that I have... <laughs> like I wrote the abstract for it like six months ago and then they needed yeah. talks to this so I just threw the abstract to them I'm like so I, I can't talk know, about that I don't even know what I'm doing it. <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh yeah, you'll be fine the, you'll be fine but we're <sighs> recording this and then I'm going to hopefully get stuff packed that is my last thing to do. And then uh, my new favorite masseuse is coming to my house and I'm hopefully going to relax my way into the evening and then wake up tomorrow refreshed and get on the plane, which will be on time. And there won't be any problems getting through security. Nobody will go insane on the plane. Um, my friend just, he's on, he just to uh, I think Saudi or something who flew for work and he was flying out of Newark and somebody on the plane as they were boarding had a medical incident oh. they were grounded they stopped loading the plane it took two hours for an ambulance to get there and apparently Brutal. the pilot was a very snarky German guy uh because it was Lufthansa plane Yikes. <laughs> and just it was just like well guess that's you know don't keep don't get sick at any work and like it was just like Damn. basically talking shit about like how, how terrible that was and i'm just and that is kind of absurd that is very upsetting yeah very yeah. upsetting for sure oh. are you having a beverage this this fine day while we prepare for this I have two. Um, oh. I was very thirsty and I wasn't sure if I wanted to drink alcohol and I had a Topo. So I'm having a Topo Chico yeah. to see if that solves my hydration. And then if it solves my hydration, then I also have a rosé because nice. it's, ro it's the day. So therefore, rosé all day. And this is from uh, the CL Bouteau. Is that how you say that one? I don't know. They're a local winery actually. They're. Uh, 
uh they're they're here and dripping so okay. the next time you're down we're goes they're one of my brother's favorites um but i do like that the grape that comes from it says ramato a skin mm-hmm. contact pinot gris so ramato ramato it's fun yeah so I whatever a, that means i'm happy with it yeah i had a i had a cantaloupe i didn't know what to do with it's a whole thing is the grocery store broke me last week because it was the they had melons so cantaloupe personal watermelons and pineapple mix and match buy two get three free so you have to get fucking five then right you can't just get two anyways it's a thing my brain was breaking in the grocery store so i got a cantaloupe a personal watermelon and three pineapples i had to throw one pineapple away anyways but i didn't want to throw the cantaloupe away so i made agua fresca and then i mixed it with a little bit of uh rum and put some tahini in it and it's lovely that sounds like a lovely cocktail and sounds very refreshing and in summer. Yeah. So I was like, by aqua fresca, do you just mean you mix some fruits with some sparkling water? No, no, I did. It's uh, blended. I took, I cut it up and blended the fruit with water. And then, so you just do it with some water and then you put it in a pitcher and then you stir in a little bit of lime juice and then you can add um, a sweetener. They say use like, you can use agave, you can use regular sugar or you can use honey. Or like, syrup. or something else. No, I, yeah, I'm sure. But I just, <laughs> I did some honey just for a little bit of sweetness. It doesn't need much. I mean, it was a pretty sweet fruit, but, and I don't like a ton of extra sugar. So it's pretty tasty though. I'm happy. So very summery over here. All right. Yeah. Ready? She's also in a bikini. You can't see it right now, but <laughs> Diana is not. totally podcasting in a two-piece. It's scandalous. Uh, uh, not today. Right. Another day, maybe. <laughs> All right. Let's so talk about it's a terrible life. Yeah. So this was season four, episode 17, first aired March 26, 2009. Uh, this was directed by James L. Conway. And this was his first time directing a supernatural episode, um, has directed many, many other episodes of television, including The Magician and Charmed, the good one, not the new one, and Smallville, um, and also a ton of Star Trek shit. But I just hate Star Trek on principle now because I work with a bunch of mediocre dudes and they all love Star Trek. So I'm just fucking tired of hearing about Star Trek mm. and and all their memes and all the shit they post. And it also just really reminds me of like the really the most mediocre of them all who I hate. And so, yeah, fuck you, Star Trek. And we're going to get them later in this episode. All right. So this was Uh-oh. written by Sarah Gamble and we love sarah and uh fun thing about her so i was just kind of looking at three you know was what's what's going on in her like in her life and she has a tv series production script that's been made and i don't know it looks like it's in production so or what um but it's for the series called wheatsy bat and it's based uh-huh. on a novel by Francesca Laia Block. And I was like, what? what is this? Listen to this book description. The narrative follows the adventures of the eponymous character Wheatsey and her best friend Dirk, as well as their friends and relations. After being granted three wishes by a genie, Wheatsey discovers that there are unexpected ramifications. The story is set in an almost dreamlike heightened version of Los Angeles, aptly referred to as Shangri-La, in an indefinite time period evoking both the 1980s punk craze and the sophisticated glamour of 1950s Hollywood. Block describes issues such as blended families premarital sex homosexuality and AIDS. this tv show needs to happen now like i, I need read to that see book. this 
Yeah, it's a whole series of them. It was a very popular book. So I already, I've already got the series. I've already started reading it. Uh, so like Weetzie is like the main character yeah. and like her best friend is Dirk and he's like gay and he has a mohawk and yeah. he drives like a 55, like really cool car. Like yeah, I'm, I'm sure excited about this. Perfect. And I think I want to see that world. Yeah. 1980s punk cool. blended with 1950s Hollywood. Really cool. uh, very stylized. That would be, ooh. Yeah. I want all those clothes, all those clothes right now. So when it makes, I guess I have to make them, but anyways. Uh, yeah. So that's just look, maybe look for that. I don't know where it is, but hopefully that goes and yeah. keep an eye out for that. All right. So this episode one, it's a meta episode and I love a meta episode. So all like fourth wall shit, just being laughed at. But uh, as I was chatting with a friend as I was doing notes for this and just screenshotting my notes. Um, apparently I have to give a trigger warning for those of you who are working in big corporations and are going through some feelings right now, because I am not the only one. There's a, I mean, I guess you, we have a great resignation as all the burnout and everything is going on, but there's a lot of people that are really frustrated with working for the man. And mm. I work for a very large man, large man, large man. And so, yeah, that by the end of this, I was just like, if you just take out this one word, that's me. He's talking to me. And I'm crying. And I'm like, I want to quit. So everything I'm fired. So a punk rock band, even though I play no instruments or have any musical talent. But anyways, okay. So just trigger warning for this episode. This may cause you to, to quit your job and go sell uh, coconut shells with googly eyes on the beach, which is my current side plan all right so we are going to start off with an alarm going off 6 a.m and then there's some fancy fucking coffee and i'm like oh, i want that coffee maker at my house and huh who the fuck is this in a fancy striped you know dress shirt but dean Whoa. oh my god yep and a well-respected man by the kinks is playing in the background yep. and it's giving kind of this narrative really good What's going what on, with Why different is this? Life. And I was like, oh, there's rice milk in a box. And I'm like, thank God we've gotten it past rice milk. Oh, well, now we're in oat. So now oat, oat milk everything. is fucking delicious. I'm like, just, it is. Nothing wrong with it, but it's everywhere. You know, it is way like cappuccinos made with oat milk are so much better than regular cappuccinos. They taste like all nutty and like it's so fucking delicious. Highly recommend everyone go out and get one right now. They're good. I stir cold as long as your coffee's good and you have good oat milk. It's fucking great. Diana was skeptical. I drink my coffee you. black. Anyways, so it's still uh, delicious drink. We go. So with a big the big giveaway that there's something wrong, and this is not the Dean Winchester that we know and love, is that he gets in the fucking Prius. Gets in the Prius. <laughs> that is like, and then on top of that, just to really drive it home, the car turns on and it's blaring a metal song, which is just written by like a, it's Brian Tilly, who does a lot of the um, music for shows and he changes the channel right away to npr and i'm like this is not dean winchester yeah but also i have been into my car and heard the voice you know npr voting edition and it does put that smile on my face so i get you but and then he drives off and like it just doesn't make a sound and i thought that was the best effect ever like just you could hear the silence which is a weird thing but i hate that about priuses i hate that about teslas like we'll be like zooming off and like there's no and 
I need it. Even freaked. I mean, like that's why, like the, even the continuous transmissions freak me out. Where like they don't shift gears. I'm like, fucking shift. Even though they don't have to, it's like not a. It's it just freaks me out. It's supposed to make it's supposed to make a sound. Anyways, should. Yep, speaking of, yep. I drove Duchess this morning, so I've already like gotten a cruise in today. So yeah. I'm, I'm oh man, you're just living your best focused. life. Anyway, terrible life. All right, so we're going to an office building now, and and the Dean Sandover seems building. very comfortable. He's just like, hey, he's what's just up? people in the shoulders. Yeah, so it's Sandover Company. It's a bridge and iron company, building company. And we see Dean doing like regular old office guy coming through the hallway, goes to his office, his pretty fancy office, and it says Dean Smith, Director of Sales and Marketing. Oh. oh. And he's like typing, doing office shit, and has a fucking lame headset on. And, and he he's eats got a salad. And he's got a putting green in his office. And he's talking about doing a cleanse, like with lemon and cayenne and maple syrup. Yeah, we're we're going to get into that cleanse. Uh, but so before the cleanse, yeah, because he's just like, blah, 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 blah. Uh, somebody life. comes in, like a guy just like walks uh-huh. in. His name is Mr. Adler. And he just like slaps Dean on the shoulder, which you can't hit people in offices anymore, guys. So you just can't do that. And he's just like, good stuff, big things. And Dean's like, yeah, it makes him happy. All right. So he's on the phone and he's talking about the master cleanse. And I was like, wasn't that really bad for you? And so yeah. this was the lemonade diet and it was first introduced in the 1950s as a quick way to lose weight and then it became a fad diet and then in 1976 like became a book the master cleanser and it claimed that you could have fast a uh, fast weight loss a cleansing of organs including the liver kidneys and colon cell and gland purification okay. and detoxifying and cleansing the body of toxins which are that's redundant but cool that this could all sure. do that um, you can still go to the Master Cleanse website and you can buy um, the kit for $90 and then you can get some syrup and some cayenne, some bo- the book, salt and tea, but you still have to buy your own lemons. And then you have to do this for six times a day for 10 days. And then that's how you get rid of all your toxins. Uh, Beyonce even did this. She said mm-hmm. it worked. And so then that made it like get really popular again because Queen B was like, do it. And everyone's like, okay. Um, one thing to I mean, know if, yeah. I'll try it. Yeah, I would say one thing to note before you tried it is the author of the book, the self-described healer, Stanley Burroughs, was convicted of the unlawful sale of cancer treatments, felony practicing medicine without a license, and second-degree felony murder, which was later reversed because he was charged with that because one of his patients went on the, this master cleanse and fucking died. Yeah, it, it, it seems questionable. I, I mean, I say I would try it. I would make it like a day. I can't not eat. Fuck that. I, yeah, basically like you go like through food. like it's the typical like you you would have to do like the goop shit you were doing for like you I do did that, that for, for a week like yeah you do that for like four or five days and then your body is ready and then you go into this and then like there are people like yeah I lost thirty pounds but then you know I gained twenty pounds in the next month as yeah. as I started eating regular food again yes that's how it works that's how your body works anyways. Mm-hmm. All right, so he's going to leave his office. Yeah, and he gets on the elevator, and who's on the elevator? It's Sam in a yellow polo working for the same company. And Sam looks and asks if he knows him. You look familiar. And he's like, save it for the health club, pal. Yep, well, slightly homophobic comment coming out of Dean right there. Um, Nice, way to go. At least, like, you're still a douche. Cool. All right, so... so 
we cut to the title card there and we mm-hmm. just got to liz's nightmare this corporate cubicle office world. sounds and cubicles upon cubicles arg, and the phones are ringing and everyone's wearing the same goddamn fucking ugly polo shirt you know for next week they're like okay yeah there's two shirts there there's one that's going to be a button-up and the other one that'll have a polo and a hard logo and i'm like and they're like and so you know you might want to bring extra t-shirts just in case like you know because you're going to be there for many days i'm like you know in case you need more i'm like or in case those go in the trash or get set on fire you fully expect them to fit and be your style got it uh yeah, i fully yeah. expect them to be made for men and yeah. uh because that's how corporations work so fuck this office and he is in tech support and i see you i am you i have been you this is like such a flashback I don't, did you ever do this did, were you ever tech support or work in a cubicle office world i, like I worked in, i worked in cubicles and i worked in a call center i was not tech support though mine was mine was like taking orders for things for at a yeah. multi-level marketing company yeah um i think sarah um i think she did work because this is somebody very somebody accurate. gave them the lowdown this is all very very accurate down to like I'm playing with my bobblehead. And vampire course, bobblehead. And this is Sam Wesson, we figured out. And I, I do, do love, love him explaining head. to somebody that he needs to, they need to turn it off and turn it back on again. Which is tech support. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, and it was a printer too. And I'm just like, oh, you stupid asshole. You're like, is it plugged in? But people are so fucking stupid. They're like, I know how many times like we got calls where like people like didn't have the printer like plugged in. Oh, that's painful. People are stupid. I just have one at work that has to like, you have to like reconnect it on the network. Like once every once in a while, you go print something and it's fine. Then you go to print the next document and all of a sudden just, it's not on the network anymore. You got to start over. It's yeah, probably yeah. because it's hacked because they have terrible security and nobody Shh. changes the passwords. On that's it. not true. And that's not true. Anyways. But, so uh-huh. we're going to go sure. on to, uh, yeah. His, so there's friends. one guy that's not wearing the yellow polo though. One He's guy not. that's not. He's a rebel. Ian is the rebel and he is talking to Sam about banging some older chick that works there so that she could be a guilt milf or a G milf, which I said, it's a gilf. He says G milf, I thought, but that's, oh, he may say G milf, but yeah. Okay. I was like, but it is a gilf. Um, but anyways, gross, uh, also lucky brand. So alternative. Mm -hmm. And, but then they do what everybody who and and i feel like a bunch of like kids today aren't even going to like know like everyone who works from home won't have this how the hell can i get away from my desk and like make it look like go to the I, break room you go to the coffee. break room you get some coffee or you smoke a cigarette and that's why i used to be a smoker because you got to leave your desk break. and go outside i need a smoke break yep Yep. And then you had, and you had your group of friends that went with you and you would do that round and you will go around just like they're about to do. And you go pick up your group and we're like, Hey, go and get coffee. We're going to go talk shit about something not to do with this job or talk shit about this job. One of the two. Yep. So, and apparently they try to get their buddy Paul to go with them. And he's like, won't even answer them. It's just like super intent on his work and being kind of weird. And and, uh, Ian's saying that he got busted for looking at porn at work. I don't know. So, um, well, I, and he was sent to HR for, for looking something. at porn yeah, and no, it was porn. And I'm like, you're still working here. Yeah. That's kind of a weird one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a fireball offense. And although I would say you, 
being, you know, someone who has worked, you know, we see all, we know what everybody does in their systems. There have been, I know so many stories of support people being in someone RDP or remoting into somebody's system and being like, dude, we can see the porn. And then like, like they shut it down. And then like before, like they're even gone, like it's just back up. And I'm like, put your away for like 30 minutes. Like, can you not so like- weird. So weird. I don't understand that at all. I cannot, I cannot process it. Cannot. Nope, can't processing, but <clears throat> I can process Ian stealing pencils. <laughs> Office supplies. Yeah. Office so, supplies are free for the taking. Sure. <laughs> and so, but Ian's asking Sam about his dreams and saying that he like lives for this. It's the highlight of my day. And so Sam's a little hesitant. He's like, you're going to laugh at me. But he tells that he had a dream that he saved a grim reaper named Tessa from demons. What? And Ian thinks this is hilarious and that he's Harry Potter there to save him for the apocalypse. And yeah. then they have that great exchange like you would between co-workers where Sam calls him a dick and yeah. Ian calls him a wizard. Yes. There we go. So at um, back at his desk, Sam kind of dozes off for a second and has another like, like a really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> he has like this huge like montage like of, of a bunch of scenes of him and Dean fighting. Shit. Yeah, just like his real life, and it and it freaks him out, and it probably would freak me out too. Yeah. So later in the day, he ends up on the elevator with Dean again, and uh, Sam asks Dean what he thinks about ghosts. It's a really yeah. random thing to ask somebody, and then asks if they believe well, in ghosts. Oh, and I was just like, this is where the robocalls are coming from. So Diana keeps getting robocalls asking if she believes in ghosts. And I was like, oh my God, like this is where they came from. They got it from the elevator. Yep. Yep. They're all in a haunted building. Yep. So yeah, makes sense. It all makes sense. So uh, Dean's like, never gave much thought. Sam falls up, vampires? Uh, He's like, what? Why? He's like, and Sam kind of like alludes to the fact that he's had some weird dreams. And Sam's like, "Mm, you overshare. I'm Dean's high. like, well, Dean's like, you overshare, dude. And so that he, and then he leaves. Yeah. So we see um, Sam back at his desk and he is working, but also Googling vampires. And yeah, I was like, that's a bad use. Of, that's just as bad as surfing porn. You're not supposed to do that on your work system. <laughs> and so Ian gets called to HR now, though. And yeah so and the buddy that got called to hr yesterday paul for porn is very upset and i think that's weird i think that that might have just been an ian making something up it just doesn't make sense the porn thing on this this character to me but maybe it is i don't know well we don't know what he was like before because remember look at ian like as we that's see he flash forward he like, yeah. so you're paul right, could have right, been okay. a fucking slacker he's been just trying to get through this since then and so he's Sam all got, upset yeah. those computer yeah. froze and he's freaking out because it's his whole day of work is gone and you know um so he stays late at night um, yeah and so to try yeah to and you're, you're missing some sugaring things for me in here too oh. so uh okay so the system froze he crashes it deleted and he didn't back it up and then i'm yeah. like why didn't you back it up that's the first question I always ask you. Like, why didn't you back up your system? Why was it not backed up offline? And then I started spiraling into work shit. And that's what was like, please make this soft. Please make this stop. And then he started trying to boot a system and there was nothing in the system and all the files were gone. And then I spiraled further and further. And then now we're in this office and he's failing. And I'm like, oh, oh shit, I'm with you, dude. I was like riding. I was riding this wave, Paul. Man. Wow. I learned something. I don't think it's accurate or it would work, but it was pretty fascinating as we get into the scene. He um, 
is finally accepts defeat and says, all that work gone, failed. And then you see his breath fog. So he gets up and he walks to the break room and has a plastic fork and uh, another utensil in his hand. And it breaks all the tines off of the plastic fork and opens the microwave and shoves it in the little clicker thingy for the microwave door, like where it latches. That's like the safety thing. So the microwave won't start when it's doors open. Oh, he microwaves his fucking head. He microwaves his own fucking head. Yeah. And so Sarah said uh, that the head in the microwave stretches the bounds of what could realistically happen. But we forgave ourselves a physical impossibility because it was just really cool. We needed some gory moments because this workplace was so bland. And so the visual effects supervisor, Ian, said all we were supposed to do was some black smoke they done some practical smoke but i didn't they didn't think it was dark enough so um what we did was take some elements of melting cheese and track those into the character faces to have him burn and then we did sparks and pops like when you crumple up tinfoil and throw it into a microwave and he said he pitched it and he he was like he knew it was good when eric kripke giggled (laughs) that's amazing Uh, so yeah, so he microwaves his head for 10 minutes. So he did. He did. And did. yeah, yeah. I will and say what really set it off for me was the sign above two things oh, that right. they really did. They had the sign right above the, like the, pan, the camera pans and the sign that the break room sign that everybody should have if they don't, because everybody knows this. It says, don't heat up your fish in here. It stinks. Thank you. Because you don't make yep. fish at fucking work. You don't, but people do. People do. And um, also, this is not meant to say, this is not a cult. But working in tech, I work with a lot of people who have immigrated or have very close ties to India, Indian mm. food. Holy shit. It's because a very aromatic cuisine. It's a, just aromatic. And like, so the entire just like floor is like fucking curry. And sometimes it's like actually it's a pleasant no, smell, but other times you're like, I don't want to smell curry right now. Like I'm really hungover. I'm going to puke. Like not saying that I was always hungover at those jobs, but probably because <laughs> those jobs make you drink a lot. Um, but anyways, yeah. So that was the, a good one. And then the icing on the cake though, is as we're about to cut and go to commercial or what you would be commercial break, obviously, yeah. if you were watching on television is the screens to black and you hear the ding, ding of the microwave i was like oh that was that was just like i was just like the little cherry on top and yeah. they just put it right on there it was epic so yeah and this episode has so much in it i was just like oh my god how are we gonna pack it all so yeah. we're gonna cut into uh the bodies being wheeled out and sam is watching so is and he. him and him and dean make eye contact it's a weird eye contact happening. real weird but Dean's at this point starting to get like, you can tell something's going on because he leans over the guy next to him and he's like, hey, something doesn't seem right here. But then he goes back to his work, basically. But he pulls up Paul's personnel file and figures out that this guy was two weeks from retirement, which I don't think you're Why allowed to do that. Why can a guy in marketing access somebody's HR personnel file? What the fuck? What is going on in this office? This office is terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> All those ACLs are just being violated. It's making me mad. Anyway, oh so, but gosh. yeah. Um, so there's a note on there. And so we're like, okay, like. Doesn't really make sense then, to have like a meltdown at work and kill yourself two weeks. Yeah, but then it also like, this is another spice. Like, oh my God, he died while working in a cubicle, but that was his career, his retirement. And then he died in a fucking yellow polo shirt. That is like my worst nightmare. Oh my God, please. If I die in a company branded polo shirt. 
No. No, no, I'm like starting to like leash just those things. I'm starting to rock no, back and forth. Don't rock and let that happen. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. If you can be, if you are on the verge of death, I will cut that polo shirt off of you as your friend. I don't know what we'll do. We'll figure it out. But you are not dying the polo shirt, a company branded polo shirt. All right. So Sam's talk trying to talk to his buddy Ian, but uh, Ian is now in a yellow shirt. That's odd. So yeah, and he's shaved, and he's just yeah. like, "Brick it." I'm and working. Sam's trying to talk to him, but Ian's just not very chatty today. I don't have time for this. Uh, and Sam's like, "Oh, you're fucking kidding me, right?" And Ian's like, mm, "No, I'm uh, answering this call. Fuck you." But he's super intense, like Paul was before. And um, yeah, so Dean gets Dean calls. Well, no, uh, so e- Ian yeah. up to the Dean calls Ian up to his office, right? Because he and Dean's like, "Hey, there's this error on this form that you submitted." Fucking, yeah, you filled out a four four five T and no problem, just a few errors. When did you switch over? To, we did just switch over to Vista, and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a problem and a knock and a 2006 problem too." There's some good 2006 knocks in this thing that yeah, yeah. that was. I'm so pissed at Microsoft or what happened this week. So I can't like, I, I haven't gotten over Vista either. Like Vista will always traumatize me. Still traumatized for that. But anyway, so Ian's freaking out and Dean's like, yo, he's like, way just, overreacting. Like, just he's like, hey, it's totally cool. Just redo the form. No big deal, bro. And Ian's like shaking that he did something wrong to the company. It's very. I, I affected profits. I failed oh the company. And he just runs out to the bathroom. Yeah. And so Dean's like, mm, I got to go check on this motherfucker because this ain't right. So he goes and check, finds him in the bathroom. But as they're in the bathroom, all the sinks and soaps turn on and you can see their breath again. We get breath fog. And, so and like, now you know bitch. something is really spooky is going on because, well, yeah, it takes fucking like ghosts to turn on that shit. I have an existential crisis. Like, to try every to time. Like, turn the water on. on this. And tomorrow I'm going to the airport, which is like the worst place for it because you come out Automatic of the bathroom everything. and you're like, is this out of soap? Or is this me? Like, am am I here? Do I exist? And then you just sit there and you like swat at the soap for, and then like everyone's looking at you and they're like kind of sympathizing, but also like, and they're wondering, really is there? it her? Yeah. And it's like, do I exist? Am I a person? And it's all because of this fucking thing. So anyway, this, this episode Steve's did like, a number on you. I told Ooh. you it was a very triggering episode. Ooh. Uh, so. Dean's like, hey, Ian, like, we need to get out of here. This is this is fucking weird. You just need to look at me, but you need to calm down, basically. And Ian turns to look at Dean, pulls a pencil out of his pocket, and stabs himself in the fucking neck. Boom! Just like, like is that possible? Bold. I mean, it is, but like, it's hard to do. I mean, how? I mean, like, I mean, you have, I guess you just have to be like adrenaline Man. pumping going for it. Yeah. I mean, because would it even like, like, would it just like break off? And then, I mean, also, like, if I tried to do this, I would just like, like, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think if you had like a, some power behind it, it would just go in and it was a sharpened pencil. I mean, I don't know. oh, anyways. All right. So, so Dean's talking, Dean's talking to the police and paramedics saying, uh, like, oh, he just stabbed himself. And um, him and him and Sam make eye contact again. Oh, but also, but while he's just, Dean also sees a ghost. Oh, yeah. That's so, right. I'm yeah. sorry. In the bathroom. I'm, uh, as they were, I was jumping ahead. We were so busy talking about the stabbing himself in the neck. <laughs> and Dean looks up and does see a reflection of like an old man. And then it disappears. Ooh. Old man ghost. Yeah, an okay. old man ghost. Oh, man. All right. 
so yeah we get back to sam and dean giving each other eyes and then we get the office like we just like now have this kind of fun little montage of the corporate world and it's like printer goes and then like the phones the phones and then like little and then the the pencil goes i kind of like it but that's cute um it it really sets the tone it's it feels like a little office spacey to me every time they do it i won't lie that's which i like i'm funny thing so um Anyways, Dean uh, calls Sam up to his office. And weirdly, though, when Sam walks in, Dean's buttoning his shirt like he just got dressed. I don't know what that was about. It was weird. I Well, I think because he got blood spatter on from the guy stabbing himself in the neck with the pencil. But I thought this was like the next day. No, this is like, this. I think this has just happened. Okay. I think this has just happened, and that's why he's changing the shirt. So he's asking, he asks Sam who he is, and Sam says he's not sure which is a weird answer except he's like look my sam name here's my name i started here three weeks ago and dean's like mm, you corner me in the elevator about ghosts and whatnot but um he's like wait i started here three weeks ago too so it's kind of a weird thing that we've learned now as an audience that both of them just started at this place three weeks ago um and sam asked dean what he saw in the bathroom and if it was a ghost and that um because he's guessing that these suicides aren't natural and I also really like the way like Sam asks him about the ghost because he's very excited. It's, it's just like, wait, like you saw something. Oh my God. Like, and it's not like he's yeah, his he's friend like just stabbed it. himself in the neck with a with a pencil. And he's like, whoa. I mean, I guess like they've only been friends for three weeks. <laughs> they were only but... friends for three weeks. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Um and um the, his you know, Dean's like, are ghosts real? What, what do you think ghosts are real based on what? And Sam says, instinct. And Dean kind of pauses and he says, basically says, same. So now we know like that they're both like thinking that this could be something supernatural. And yeah, uh, Sam says that he's been having dreams about ghosts. Um, but he's like, Dean's like, oh, you're like some special visions and psychic. Uh-huh. Uh huh. No, that yeah. would be nuts. And this yeah. is why I love. What, I love meta. I love this jabs at themselves. Like that's yeah. so stupid. But like, nobody would believe that. And he's yeah. like, but no, I've been digging around because I, I hacked them. I hacked their email accounts. That's basically it. Yeah, I hacked their emails. But also, and he works in tech support, so all he did probably was, anyways, uh, walk so, over to their computer. And, oh, he didn't need to walk over to the computer. Okay. So, but anyways, they both got called to HR. Oh, in room 1444 see, and also if you don't know diana is hr like it's one of her many worlds so diana's like i don't know i figured this episode to get to you too like oh my god no they're going to hr um, i was like oh shit yeah yeah and so they about, figure I don't out talk about hr luckily my hr world is very different because it's i don't work for a big yeah. corporation so yeah anyway. anyway so hr is on seven this room is in 1444 and they have this very adorable exchange super cute exchange about because like Dean, yeah, yeah like, check it out no. it's a little late today and then sam's like i'm dying to check this out right now. and Dean's like right and so they they have this very cute like fun moment and I like it and we cut to another guy who's in a polo shirt another yellow polo shirt wandering the halls uh, empty halls and he finds a door marked 1444 it's a really weird old door that doesn't match anything else so he goes in, it's a room of old like monitors, phones, and computers, and the lights are off. And uh, the door closes and locks behind him, of course, which is never a good sign, by the way. No, not sure. And then not. all these monitors pop up with like TV static, which is weird. 
Yeah. Yeah. They're not plugged in. So it's very weird. And they wouldn't, and and monitors don't usually have like TV type static. No, no, they don't. That's also a good point. Well, this is 2006. So they could have been, were uh, of the TV, the computer monitors or were like TV monitors. Yeah. I guess. Uh, anyways, but anyways, but so weird. You're right. Good point. Um, and then Sam and Dean are in the hallway. Uh-huh. And the shelves are shaking and there's fog. And then Sam and Dean break in and they see that there's, you know, a person under a shelf that fell over. They go to lift it up. But the old man ghost is there and he throws Dean and pushes Sam. And he's got electric fingers. Yeah. So I think my, my way that I wrote the note for this um, is better. So the ghost flings Dean, then pushes Sam. He looks at his fingers and they are sparking. Right when he's about to finger the guy on the floor, Dean hits him with the pipe. (laughs) This is what I was like, I'm never going to say that. I I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this. So Dean randomly grabbed a wrench, a pipe wrench, and and swung it through the old man. And the old man disappears. So, so he gives the old sh- man the pipe after he's about to figure the guy. <laughs> <laughs> so they lift uh, the shelf okay. off of this yeah. guy. Yep. And Sam's like, how did you know how to do that? He's like, I have no idea. All right. So we're here. We have this ghost, right? So now we, we know for sure. We see the ghost haunting. for sure. Yeah. We have a haunted building. Yeah. So I think we should talk about another haunted building. Uh-oh. And I was also, when I first started doing the research for this, I was like, ah, please tell me like a ghost like blew up an office building or, you know, without hurting people. And I don't want people to be hurt. Just, you know, I just wanted like a ghost to like go after the man. Um, so are we doing lore? We're doing lore. <laughs> and so when I started looking for buildings that were haunted, one kept popping up kind of where I was looking. And so you're going to hate me and you're going to love me because we're going to talk about the haunted capital of Texas in Austin. What a Diana's favorite buildings. That's fucking full of ghosts. <laughs> you can never go back. So, um, all right. So underground the- parts newish, right? So it's not haunted. Sure. Maybe. So according to Fiona Broom, a psychic ghost hunter and author who wrote The Ghost of Austin, Texas, the capital is haunted day and night. If you've got a nice misty day there, people see ghosts walking up to the path to the Capitol building all the time. So people just see people walking up like in the day if it's like foggy, like you just see like people into the Capitol building that aren't there. Isn't that awesome? Um, they also, our Capitol buildings, and I say our, I live 20 minutes outside of Austin. Uh, our Capitol buildings have a cap- habit of catching on fire. The first two built burnt down and the one we see finished in 1888. And we're going to come back to the construction of the building at the end, because uh, I think that's the most interesting part about this. Um, so, but the one that we know as the Capitol also had an electrical fire in 1983, and that did some damage. Uh, that prompted an elaborate 10-year restoration and renovation project that cost $75 million and replaced the 3,000-pound statue on the top of the dome by helicopter. I have to look that up. I bet that looks pretty cool. All right, so let's get right to some of the more well-known ghosts. The most well-known ghost is that of Comptroller Robert Love. He was killed by a former employee in 1903. And it's a really kind of sad, interesting story if you want to look it up. But the bottom line is he was shot by this former employee. um, And 
as he was there dying, the employee tried to flee. Um, somebody else in the building tackled him. Like he was trying to shoot the other people in the office and he was just missing because it's 1903 and guns weren't great then, yeah. which is like kind of like really shitty. If you think about this could have, I don't want to talk about it because right now where we're at, but just that concept yeah. of this was still happening in 1903 is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but so the employee was shot when he was trying to get away. Um, he shot himself basically in the fight. Uh, so he died, but he didn't die at the Capitol, but Robert Love did. And people like see him all the time. Um, he has allegedly startled like tourists and state troopers. He's huh. usually seen in an outdated business suit or a jaunty top hat. So I'm not for seeing somebody in a jaunty top hat. For, for your Texas government notes, for yes. those that don't know, your, your comptroller is basically kind of like a treasurer for the state. It is a statewide elected position. Part it is a, a partisan election. I knew you'd like this, Laura. Um, and you have you have been to the Capitol, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, the rotunda. Um, yeah. So that's a Beautiful. big circular room and it's got a spiral staircase that provides access to all the buildings. Yeah. It's got a bunch and of, it's got a portraits of um, past governors. It does. It's very fancy. And it's also called a whispering gallery. So because you're underneath this dome, when you say things to people, they echo. So they always say, be careful what you say under the rotunda because anybody can hear you. So if you're talking shit about somebody or doing something illegal, like don't do that there because everybody can hear you idiots. Um, so there is a, I don't know if you have noticed this, but in the rotunda floor, there is a crack. And there is a legend that that crack was caused by somebody falling to their death there. Oh. And that's not true. But somebody did fall to their death there, and that was Ed Wheeler, and he died there in 1922 when he was painting the inside of the rotunda, um, but the floor didn't come in until 1936, uh, and so uh, that's just because the building settled because it's Texas and yeah, all are built on shit, and everything cracks here, and so, but I just, but yeah, someone did fall from there and die, so um, they believe they could he, be haunting. He's haunting, but didn't crack the floor. Um, I love this one. On the third floor, there is a lady in red, and they say that she hasn't been able to leave the office that was occupied by her lover, and they have a secret stairwell, and it was located in an office suite that was felt held by former office House Speaker Pete Laney. I don't know who he was, but do you? No, I don't think he was important in Texas history. If he was, who gives a fuck? All right, but his, his girlfriend's still there, and that's awesome. Um, I think this one's really cool. Um, and I'm sure there's a scientific explanation for it. So in the East Wing, when there's like a fog and there's a bunch of condens condensation on the Senate reception windows, handprints show up. What? Yeah. No. Is that rad? That's, That's rad. upsetting. And they say that window once occupied the bedroom where a 23-year-old was staying before he died in a 1983 fire that destroyed the apartment. So during that fire, he died. And That's now there's handprints on the window that he couldn't get out. Isn't that cool? No. Oh, you're like, That's terrible. And I'm like, that's no. awesome. No. And um, just outside that reception room is where Senate cook and waiter Tim Mateer said he saw a lady turn a corner late one night behind the Senate chamber when he thought he was alone. He looked around, 
but it was empty. And he said, not too long after that, he saw a portrait and it was a woman that he'd seen. And it was a former Texas first lady, Faye Wright Stevenson, who died of cancer in 1942. He said she is a friendly ghost and he is happy to share his space with Stevenson, who once placed hostess for Senate functions when her husband, Coke Stevenson, was lieutenant governor. Uh, my brother went to Coke Stevenson Junior High. Huh. There you go. So, some even claim to witness the spirit of government and governor Edmund Jackson Davis, uh, paralyzed by his piercing stares. Those unfortunate enough to find this phantom never forget the encounter. They say he causes sudden temperature shifts and mysterious sounds. Ooh. So the final coup d'etat just really is. And this is, I just think, interesting, and it's not necessarily a ghost story. It's more about politics and just how our things were built. And I would not have looked into this aspect about the, the construction of the Capitol if I hadn't looked, uh, read um, Haunted History, History and Hauntings of the Capital City by Janine Plumer, uh, who does a lot of the ghost tours uh, mm -hmm. in Austin. Uh, so, and shout out to the friends who hooked me up with that one, because I was like, I know there's more shit about this. What, what books do I need to look for? And that was a what. So through that and then through other things, found out that our capital was mainly constructed with convict labor and a whole bunch of there's a whole bunch of things that kind of go into that. And so a lot of this this uh, information is coming from an article by Marjorie Harper, uh, who wrote Immigrant Strikebreakers, Scottish Granite Cutters and the Texas Capital Boycott in the Southwestern Historical Quarterly in 1992. Uh, so remember like we've already had these buildings that are burnt down so yeah. okay we're gonna burn we're gonna make this new capital and to do that we need granite and so uh texas has a lot of quarries mm -hmm. um i'm sure you know those of you who have lived there lived here see them as you're driving around um now they're generally taken out with you know big old machines yes. um but before the machines uh, they were taken out by peoples and in the granite quarries at marble falls which is 15 south miles south of Bur they started constructing a railway to join um, the Austin and Northwest Railroad at Burnett. So the quarries could all just go there and the, the rocks could ship faster. And yeah. the quarry owners were going to supply the quarry free of charge, but not necessarily how you get it out. Right. So you can get the rock. You can have the rock rocks, but but you got to get the rocks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so the construction of the building went to a German born guy named Gus Wilkie. Uh, it's W I L K E. I'm assuming that's Wilkie. Eh, whatever. He was kind of a dick. And he lived in Chicago. So because of his thing, you know, they are, there was a lot of, you know, protests about the use of convict labor. And one thing to note, this is 1881. So the emancipation was in 1862. And that did leave a lot of labor gaps. Well, you know, cheap, free and slave labor. Mm -hmm. And so as the prison populations are filling up post, uh, post-Civil War during the Reconstruction, shockingly enough, they're filling up with a lot of Black men. Huh. Go figure that the penitentiaries were filled with an overwhelming number of black individuals and they were 50% of the prison population, even though they're 25% of the actual population. Huh. Funny how that was and is. Um, so, but really nobody gave a shit about how the convicts were treated. They, that's why I said that they're like, right. they're, you're in jail. We don't give a fuck. Like you do whatever we want. What they're really pissed off was about those unskilled workers taking work from, for, for, for cheap from people who were in unions because mm. people are that's what made people mad 
um, they, which is, they wanted to they wanted to do the work and uh, they want they want the they want they want to get paid by the government to build this instead of the government doing get finding some free labor. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah. the American Granite Cutter Union was pissed, and they were just arguing that oh, any use. Union. Yeah, uh, they were arguing that any use of convict labor is going to reduce the wages of skilled workers and also hurt their chances of making conditions better for the workers because this is a shitty, dangerous job. You are carving rock out of rock. Like people just die doing that. This is not a good thing. And so they're like working to make this a better thing. And they're just like, well, if you just bring in people that you don't care about, you're certainly not going to make this safer for them. No one, it's 1881. No one gives a shit about this guy in prison. Um, so in eight, December 1844, 1884, the Austin Union workers have been making about $4 a day. And Wilkie said, you know what? Uh, we'll, we'll pay you. Um, between $2.75 $2 and $3, and we'll stop using convicts if you lower your rates down that way. And the union was like, fuck you, like, you're such a dick. How dare you say that? And they were like, you know what? We are going to boycott. And Wilkie was just like, I will hire any good mechanic, whether he be a scab, as you call it or not, I will not permit you, nor any society to dictate whom I shall employ, whether they be convicts or free labor. And that free labor thing is real interesting yeah. word to use in 1881, 20 years after. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. Yeah. But also he's from Germany. So, I mean, he wasn't even really part of it, but still it's an interesting yeah. labor issue to be, I think coming up. Right. So basically the, the, granite workers start boycotting and there were people who were scabbing and they were basically working inside like a protective barbed wire fence and like they wouldn't let the other the other union people know who they were right. and they're working for less money and doing this but they just were just like we just need jobs right because yeah. it's the economy isn't shit like it's post-civil war like nobody yeah. knows what the fuck is going on like it's not a good time for no. the economy in texas I, although we still or, had enough or, money to build a lot the of the country capital. was rough time yeah yeah, no, the entire, it was just, it was just a bad time. Oh, wait, we're still in a bad time. I don't know. But anyway, so the boycott starts working and he's like, I'm going to look for basically like I'm looking for skilled workers outside of America. So he starts looking for the Scots, uh, which is why I'm also excited because I'm Scottish and I'm Texas. And this is all like, ah, so much. All right. So they put an advertisement in the paper in Aberdeen and they arranged a meeting and 300 men attend this meeting and 120 of them had already agreed to go. And this is pretty much just like you come here and they're going to tell you what's going to happen. Right. And they're like, come to come to Texas. It's going to be great. You'll get paid four to six dollars a day. Your board's going to be cheap. Um, we're even going to give you some in advance. Single men, you've got to pay this back in a month. But if you've got a wife and kids, like you can take two or three months to pay that back. It'll be fine. Come to America. And so originally they were supposed to come to Austin via Galveston. But Wilkie found out that it was cheaper to come in from a, basically taking a steamer from Virginia to Texas, a, a steamer to Virginia from New York, and then taking a train to Texas. And he also said this was safer, um, but really it was just cheaper. Mm -hmm. So they also, during all of this stuff, they neglected to tell the Scots why they were needing them. <laughs> like, mm. They didn't tell them there was a union boycott and like nobody wanted to work for this guy. Like, they just kind of left just, that seems out. Seems like info you'd like to know. 
Yeah. So, you know, they're like, do, 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 we're coming to America. Oh, yeah. All the whores, American whores. That's the only word I can say with a Scottish accent. Sorry. Um, so they come and they, the union had heard about this. And so they're like, we're going to get their agent arrested. So Uh-oh. they send officials to New York and they go to the U.S. district attorney. And he's like, I don't have enough evidence to convict them. But they did like convince like 24 of the Scottish people to go home. Um, but some of the other ones were convinced to stay and they were convinced to stay by the agent Barry and the assistance of two what this author called ruffians who are basically dragging men onto the steamer and doing this with such force that there was a U.S. deputy marshal there and he was like if you lay a finger on any of these guys I'm going to arrest you for assault because apparently they were being shitty but they still let them take them and like put them on the on the charter all right so they they take off but while they're gone some of those who decided to defunct had like their their working papers with them right so they have contract so now the usda is like i have you know enough proof to charge charge you for violating okay. the labor act because basically according to the alien if it was alien labor act, I don't know, there's an alien in there in a labor act and his alien labor act so basically it says like you can't fight hire foreign people to do jobs in america right so it's a, when it's a labor contract trying to do those jobs when there's yeah. people trying to do this work in america you can't bring in cheaper people from outside and right. uh, so a big deal then and a big deal now which is yeah. why i think this is so interesting um so now they have enough evidence to bring charges against him, but the Scots still get to Texas. And when they get there, they're like, you know, maybe it wasn't as great as everybody said yeah, it was going to be. Quite, it's not quite weird. Hold on. Texas was just as great as they said it would be. Texas but was the great. deal that they were given was not as great as they were told. Yeah. That's, so just to yeah. be clear. But also some of them weren't exactly honest about their skills either. So there's a bunch of men who don't know what they're doing. Hmm. So the people who don't know what they're doing are not only making it more dangerous are also like making it harder for other people mm-hmm. to work because they're fucking up their tools. They're just like wasting time. They're only earning like 27 cents per hour. Uh, and the blacksmiths got paid more. That was kind of different, but still, um, but they were still like, also, they were just bitter about everything that happened. Like, well, we were told about all the shit. So they already came mm-hmm. in feeling kind of shitty. And also it's 80 to 90 degrees and they're working in a rock quarry or working at the Capitol, depending on which part they were at. Uh, but still that's a little, little warmer than Scotland. A little warmer than Scotland. Yeah. Yeah. And so some people just started leaving. And so Wilkie was like, oh, well, we have convicts. So even mm. though he wasn't supposed to bring them, he ends up bringing in more convicts and doubles their money, employing hundreds quarrying and cutting store, stone. And by October, 350 con- convicts were employed. They you basically slept in like this wooden built structure. It's not even like a building, which is a structure on the Capitol grounds and where they were basically to watch by their guards and the guards' dogs and just forced to do labor. And... Um, addition to like the work done by those um also inside the iron work that was used to make the dome columns gates and interior decorative work was fashioned from prisoners at the foundry at rust state prison uh which i think is also really really interesting right mm-hmm. uh so but they also did try to get some more scots to come over they're like yeah we can find more of these idiots and like 15 more do come but between like the convicts and the some people who knew what they were doing like things did start progressing and by 1887 most of like the walls and the ornamental work was done. The dome was 
right? But that union was still going after Wilkie and the Austin syndicate who was overly responsible for the project through the Austin courts. And even some of these Scots were testifying against them, but they're also like, we're going to leave the country. So what the fuck does it matter? Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, Who gives a shit, right? But like kind of things go back and forth and because politics, by the time it goes to trial, Wilkie is the only one who's on there. And so he's fined a thousand dollars for each illegally imported worker and had total fines of about sixty four thousand dollars. But because of government and politics and men, it ended up being only eight thousand dollars in court costs. And the union was displeased to say hmm. the least. But really, this was hmm. the first real contract labor law trial in the United States. And it actually inspi- inspired a house inquiry into the violations of this legislation and actually put in some more you know, different things going for it. Um, Austin continued to finish the building on cost sky- skyrocketed to $3 million from the Ooh. estimated 1.5. That's 1881 money. Ooh, yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's expensive. And then, like, they had to redesign the dome because it kind of fucked up and it was too heavy to function and it was going to like fall down and kill people. Um, so, yeah, like, architecturally, a dome is like an incredibly strong structure, unless you yeah. don't know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah, remember, <laughs> remember a lot of these people, like, this is built by convict labor. Yeah, I mean, see, and so obviously that's kind of awesome. Like these men figured their shit out to make yeah. this happen. I think that's a really cool part of the story. And it's not really um, the focus of it, but it's an aspect of it that's, a, that's yeah. I mean, these neat. guys like it sucked. It was awful for them, but they made a beautiful thing. Um, but still, they didn't do it quite right. And like when they had like the dedication and the gala to do it, like it was raining and all the rain started coming through oh, the no. Capitol building onto the people like in the ballroom dancing. <laughs> Which I think it's hilarious, but so finally, um, they they considered this aspect of the stru- construction deemed acceptable in December 1888, and then the story continues from there. Uh, but Janine and her book said, you know, like all the orbs and all the things that you see on the grounds, a lot of these may be from the workers, and there were a number of workers who died in that that we don't I'm really. Sure. Yeah, like the ghost stores say like 10 people have died in the Austin Capitol building. And there's only like four that were like well known in the stories. And if I had time, I would have dug through and found the other ones, but I don't fucking meet guys. So that's as much as we're getting. But I thought you would enjoy that story of one of the most haunted buildings in Texas. Uh, That is one of your favorite buildings. Um, It is. It's a cool building. Yeah. The grounds are lovely. I mean, if you, I mean, I'm not saying like, I know not everybody that would listen. I'm not going to be like, rah, rah, go see the Texas Capitol. But it's a cool building. It's a cool downtown area. And it's a really pretty grounds there. And um, yeah, if you're if you're around, it's worth a quick, at least a drive by. Come on. Well, and go, don't, no, don't do a drive by it. Well, yeah, drive by it. Not commit a drive by shooting. Yeah. I mean, to drive by but, the property. Or go, look for ghosts. And during October, they do the RMP, RIP tour. Um, and maybe if you're down here, we'll do it. It's during the daytime. So, um, but basically that tour mm-hmm. is uh, talking about, you know, people who died there and the ghosts yeah. and things because it makes a lot of money, I'm sure. Sometimes they have like the state archives have, or they're on site there. And sometimes they have some really cool displays. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of really neat aspects to it if you're into ghosts and or history there you go all the things all the things all the that things. we love and adore like yeah i managed to get texas scotland and ghosts into one story i like and- i was 
and labor and uh, economics of labor (laughs) and also like yeah you know and prison labor i got convicts in there like i like if there had been like a convict love story like that's the only thing that like would admit like love after lockup if that had happened like somewhere in here i'm sure there's if you were if there is a story of your family this but i don't know i and just the use of convict labor, which is still something that happens now in a lot of places, you know, more like the most infamous ones are the you know, places like in Louisiana, uh, where, you know, it's pretty much just like fucking plantation shit, you know, and it's very controversial, but I think it's interesting to know how long it's been controversial mm-hmm. and just as, you know, also like how unions, it's just I just thought it was cool. And it was one of those things where I knew I was doing Texas Capitol and then I like dove into research last night when I drove myself away from work. And I was like, I will stop researching at 10 p.m. And mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck. Damn it, I'm still here. So good. Still here. There you go. Yeah. So I'm ready to go see where Dean is living now. Yeah. So but something I about, I just gotta say, like bit. a little bit about Dean's character. I, I'm just gonna say, I get a little American Psycho vibe. Did you get that yeah. at all? Like I think the it's a shirt. apartment and the, I think the, the striped shirt really did it. I think, but just in general, like the out until now. But yeah, I'm definitely yeah. I was getting a little bit of that vibe, but anyways, the apartment doesn't help. So I mean, it's not that sterile, but it's close. So anyway, so um, Dean doesn't have any food to give to Sam because or he's beer. on his cleanse. It's more, it's more Sam wanted a beer. Oh, and yeah. Dean's house is like, I don't have any carbs in here. I'm like, oh, never trust a person who doesn't have carbs in their house. Never. Um, but Sam, the funny question that Sam asked Dean is, how did you know that ghosts are scared of wrenches? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, so and, and dean's all impressed with sam's ability to kick in the door and sam has no idea how he knew how to do that uh but sam's like man it feels like we've done this before it's just like it's you know i don't really feel like i belong in a cubicle and we kind of get this this is kind of where this theme starts with sam he kind of says it, it here and he kind of continues this he kind of says it here and this is where this episode really started digging in yeah. and i could probably start give all these things to a therapist and just like scratch out Sam and put Liz. And he well, is I think the like, funny comment that Dean responds with is that I think most people, most people that work, work in cubicle feel that way. They do. They do. And I'm like, uh, but Sam's just like, no, I don't like my clothes. I don't like my town. I don't like my last name. Yeah, because it's West. West. Yeah. He's like, I I don't feel like I feel like I should be doing something else. And that's all there is. And it's something's in my blood. Don't haven't you ever felt that way? And Dean's like, no. Mm, yeah. <laughs> And Dean doesn't believe, expresses that he doesn't believe in destiny and that um, he's going to deal with right, what's right in front of him. So he's going to do, he calls Sam Sammy at this point, he does. which is an interesting little point. And then says, he's going to do what he does best research, which we know is hilarious because it's yes. Sammy's job. And then Sam's yes. like, did you just call me Sammy? Ew, don't. Yeah, he was not happy about that. As someone and, who don't ever fucking call me Lizzie. Thank you. And then, oh, but Dean. What did they find on the internet? The Your best site favorites. ever. Your favorites. Ghost, ghost facers. And they have instructional videos on their website uh, about how to hunt ghosts. Um, and step one is figure out what you're up against. So they research the ghost. 
Yeah. And it is P.T. Sandover. Uh, he was the founder of the company, uh, lived from 1841 to 1916. And there's the article that they're reading says basically he was a really difficult person to work for and a perfectionist. <laughs> uh, and they're like, yeah, this ghost, this is the ghost. And he was a fucking workaholic. So, and in 1929, this is not the first time there's been suicides in the building in 1929, there was a bunch of suicides. And as Dean rightfully points out, yeah, a lot of people jumped out of buildings in 1929 because that was stock market crash. And they're like, he's like, yeah, but Sandover had 17, which is like a significant. That seems like a lot. That seems like a yeah. lot of people. So basically they're like, there's now trying to piece together that Sandover, the ghost Sandover is uh, active during times of economic distress. Oh, it's, this one i'm like oh it's a little, a little close um and uh, he's kind of watching over the company and this and they're saying that the current at the time of this episode it was the worst economic situation since the great depression and yeah and the house is all my notes just says oh baby honey you have no idea dean's like dean makes a comment about his portfolio and i'm just like oh god anyways uh so sandover is basically they figure out the ghost sandover is trying to create model employees who are so committed to the company that if they fail they kill themselves yep and that 1444 was sandover's office and that used to be the top floor of the building oh okay so and moving on, Ghost Facer's next step, after you've identified what you're after, they have instructions on how to kill a ghost. With salt, it's like acid for ghosts, but Bernie salt, not like LSD. Bernie like, acid, not LSD. Hilarious. It's a bad trip for ghosts. And I was like, yeah, so fun. Funny. Yeah, fun. <laughs> so right. funny. And, and then iron, it gets even better. And iron, as we've known, and that they, that's how they figure, oh yeah, that's why the wrench worked. But they also start to reference... Tricks learned from the douchebags that we hate, the Winchesters. <laughs> These are our, our favorite, you know, rock salt shotgun shells. Um, but they're like, yeah, it's very effective, but Winchesters still suck ass, though. Yeah, it was just like, oh my God. I also thought they let them say suck ass on the air, like, good for this, that one getting yeah. through. But it was just I was like, surprised. And then uh, as like affirmative suckage major. <laughs> and so, then they start putting things into a guffle bag. And they're just like, how does one even get a gun? It just oh, seems God. impossible. <laughs> that's like, oh, wait, what state are you in? Then <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Ed and Harry have this fantastic tip. tip. And the aforementioned uh, four, four super annoying Winchester douche nozzles. So good. They also taught us one thing. And it's just like, you had to burn the remains. And then Harry's like, okay, it's gross. You've got to take out the body. Sorry. It's and it adds like, it's illegal in some states. And, and then they clarify it's illegal in all states. <laughs> all states. Possibly all states. <gasps> oh. uh, I love Ghostbusters so much. And then Sam's just like, but Sandivar was cremated. And then you get the tip that you have to find something else. A finger, a, finger, a hair in a locket, maybe fingernails, baby teeth, milk teeth. And that's just like, ew. And Harry's also like, ew, yeah. genetic material. You know what yes. we're talking about. Yeah. I also like think this is the only time I've ever heard the term milk teeth, and I never want to hear it again. Why is that term so gross? I don't know. I don't like it. I, I <sighs> very much hate it. 
very much. Luckily, we move on from this and Sam and Dean are back at their office building with their duffel bag and their walkie-talkie set up on their phone. Do they still have that? The walkie-talkie feature on your phone? Yeah. I I think it looks like I do, but I don't really know how to use it. It makes me feel stupid. My note says, I want that between me and you, Diana, so I can, one, scare the dogs and make them sing. Two, save (laughs) random shit that I do all day. But I can just like, I was just like, it was like texting, like I know you're on the couch, and then just like walkie talkie in and just start going like, oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so Kevin the dog is the howler in the group, and Kevin the dog um, does think that the weekly um, or monthly tornado alarm is his, uh, the test that they do is they think he thinks that that's like a call. Like every time it happens now, he like sings along with it. Oh. like even if he's laying down like he won't now he won't even bother, like sometimes he'll get up and like walk around to it but other times he'll just like lay there and doesn't even get up but he's like Hal's laying there do you think like once a month he's like oh yeah it's almost time for my song so my friend's gonna call me my friend's gonna oh, there he is yes <laughs> sing together all oh, right so yeah. they're in the room and they're looking for dna <laughs> yeah and they're not having any luck at all and then a security guard walks in so sam gets busted while dean hides and um yeah security guard takes sam to the elevator and while they're in the elevator bad shit happens we get a static screen we get some fog breath and the elevator stops son of a bitch there's gonna be a ghost the the guard uses like his little key to pry the door open he's like "Mm, yeah uh last time it took like two hours to get someone out of here when this broke so i'm climbing out and climbs out to floor 10 would you do this Eh, i've got mixed feelings i don't know it scares the shit out of me to climb out, but also like an elevator, like, I don't know. I don't no, know I just know, like, as I'm crawling out, it's the elevator is going to start and is I'm like, my legs are going to get sliced in half as it's going to happen to the sushi bag as he comes in and says, I don't have the rest of my life. He starts to try to get, um, so we get, first off, we get, we get a cut to back to Dean of oh, yeah, he's yeah, still sorry, searching sorry. the room and he finds a photo of this bridge that like, uh, that was like, I guess, Sandover's like big, like first project that made him like famous or whatever. Yeah. And it, it makes him think about article, something. So, yeah. He has an idea. He has an idea. He's thinking. So we, now we get our douchebag guard who's trying to get Sam to climb out of the elevator and the elevator shifts and it cuts him in half and his... And there's a really big blood splatter on Sam's face. And yep. I still write, yep. I still write every time I say blood splatter, I have to say pitter patter now. So now it's pitter patter blood splatter. Every pitter patter blood splatter. And his Sam's like frozen, freaking out, like where he's like panicking inside, but doesn't move. And the guard's legs like kick on for a while, which is a little distressing and oh, maybe unnecessary. I mean, I mean, I would say a chicken does that. I mean, why wouldn't it? I just doesn't mean it's necessary. So <laughs> Dean radios and asks if Sam's okay. And Sam like responds, just says, call you back. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, ah. so and they're there and like, they finally like, they're talking. And uh, so Sam's is, Dean's like, yeah, meet me at 22. And Sam's like, okay, just take the stairs. And I'm like, wait, you're on floor 10. And that Not was fair. floor 22. That's a lot. Yeah, no, I'm just going to risk being decapitated. I'm sorry. I'm just taking the <laughs> elevator. That's 12 flights of stairs. That's a lot of flights of stairs. You're no, right. no. 
Man. Mm-hmm. So Dean gets there and Sam's wiped off a lot of the blood, but not all of it. And Dean says, that's a whole lot of blood. And Sam's response, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but they don't have any other conversation about it. And I think that was kind of odd at this point, but whatever. So, um, well, maybe they're just like, Dean's just like, I just accept this. But yeah, I mean, I probably wouldn't be like, who died? But Ernest Baby's like, oh, security guard. I guess I knew. All right. Yeah. So they uh, basically, Dean figured out that I guess on the 22nd floor, they've got like this little like historical museum of the company. And in this little glass case are Sandover's gloves. So that's where they're convinced there must be some genetic <sighs> material. So that is a good idea. Good call. And uh, Sam asks Dean if he's ready. He responds, I have no idea. So they break the glass, but right when they do, you get breath fog again. And old man goes to text Dean. Yep. And he's about to finger Sam and Sam throws salt on him and it works. And so we get like in the silly dance of them, both with the fire poker sticks and fighting this old man ghost back and forth as he pops in and out. It's just really weird. And then, yeah, and then until it's Dean's turn to be fingered, but Sam burns the gloves just in just time, in time. <laughs> just in time. And Sam says, that was amazing. Dean's like, right. And they're getting a first aid kit. Uh, Dean tells Sam that's the most fun he's ever had in his life. And it was a workout because he's still yeah. a douche. Um, and Sam's like, we should keep doing this. And Dean like is making a joke about like, oh, I like the ghost facers. But Sam's fucking serious. Sam wants to do this shit. Uh, and there's there's some good meta comment here. I think you, that you, I'm sure you had like what Dean's making like a sarcastic remark about like what, like live on stolen credit cards, eat diner food, stay at the same motel, share a motel room every night. Yeah. Well, also, like it was very like eating diner food, drenched in saturated fats. Yes. Sharing a crap motel room every night. And then Sam's like, those are details. He's like, details are everything. You don't want to go fighting ghosts without any health, health insurance, insurance, which is f- accurate. But at the same time, I'm like, also very specific. I'm like, as my my first thoughts of I'm going to live a life in a road will not go to diner foods or motels. Or so many credit cards for that matter. Like that is not where my mind goes with how do I survive and make money? I will do commit fraud. That's not where, yeah, that's not option one. Yeah, maybe it is a different person than you, Dean, but that's not where my brain goes to first. Yeah, but then Dan, Dan, Sam says confession. And then I'm just like, ew, like anytime anybody says like, ew, no one wants to hear that. Nothing good's coming after that. And he's having the dreams about the ghosts, about fighting them with you. Uh, we were hunters we were friends but we were like brothers and what if that's who we really are what if this isn't really our life and this kind of turn, spirals into this whole thing of like their brains were could have been scrambled by the ghosts and maybe this really isn't what we're doing but dean's like no i have a dad named bob and mom and a, and a sister and but they're very specific okay i went to stanford stanford yes my father's name is bob my mother's name is ellen and my sister's name is joe so we've got Joe and Ellen. You like so obviously very much callbacks to it, and but Sam's like, "Yo, when did you last talk to them?" And then he's got a girlfriend that he broke up with, and her name was Madison. Yeah, and oh. he wants to, but he tried to call her, and the phone number that he has is to an animal hospital. So this is why Sam doesn't think that their lives are real, and um, Sam's just like, "Yeah, I think we're supposed to be doing something else. You, you know, you're not just a corporate bo- douchebag. I know you." Dean's like, mm, you don't know me, pal. You should go. You don't know me. That's my purse. 
because I don't know you, but yeah, same, same. No, I know what right. it is. It works for me. Uh, it does so. work. It still works. <laughs> so the next morning at work, you can tell Sam is sitting in his fucking cubicle and he is not a happy camper. He's not answering his fucking tech support calls. He is giving up and he does probably what everybody that's ever worked in a call center or tech support in their life has ever wanted to do. And he stands up with the, with the fire poker and smashes his fucking phone. He rage quits because the tech support line is just ringing and it's just too much. It's too much. He quits. You glorious fucking bastard. A good rage quit, man. Oh yeah. It just fills me with so much joy. Everybody. Oh, when you get to do one, like they're very few and far between, but damn, does a rage quit feel so good. So now we're going to go to Dean's office. Yeah, and Mr. Adler, Adler walks in. Yeah. And he walks in and he asks Dean how he's feeling. It's important that you're happy and writes down this number and said, Hey, I'd like to give you this bonus. We really don't want you to leave. We really want you to be happy here. Um, and you know, you could totally be a senior VP in like eight to 10 years. You're just going to be like pulling like, you know, seven day a week, you know, days and eating lunch at your desk. And I just think, cause you're just like, la, 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 la. And I am spiraling as this is happening. Like I was literally like crying in tears, shaking, holding myself. Cause he's just like, you're going to have to work seven days a week. Also, if you want to be the senior desk. VP in eight to 10 years, if you don't want to be the senior and VP. That's o- but only to get to be a fucking senior VP. So you're going to do your fucking job seven days a week, eat lunch at your desk. Like if you get to eat lunch, like that's like, oh, what? You get to go get your food? Like, oh, motherfucker. Like, you know, like what? I don't get to eat till like three o'clock in the afternoon. And then you had to do this all the time. And then you only get to be senior VP. And this is where I decided they needed a trigger warning. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they were making this like an exceptional ex- exaggeration for a point, but okay. All right. No, so, no, it's Dean reality, Diana. This is the reality I live in. You don't understand. You don't understand. <laughs> this is real. <laughs> oh. uh, but Dean is just like, no. Dean is, is at first he's like super into it, but you see his like per, his attitude about it kind of change as he's pondering it. And he looks down, and he thanks him, but he puts the bonus note down and says, Nope, I'm giving my notice. And I really just recently realized I have other work that I need to do that's very important. And I'm not going to work for another company. It's just this this is not who I'm supposed to be. And yep, his boss. That that is no, this isn't uh, who I'm supposed to be. Fuck. Oh God. Yeah. Fucking there's like rant, like so much tears, so much tears. But Adler boops him. Can Adler boop stands me? up and says, Dean, 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 finally, and gives him a forehead boop. Forehead boop. Yep. Yep. And so if someone would like to come along to my head and boop me and take me back to the reality where this is not my reality, and it's going to get mm. worse. It's about to get like way, way worse. Uh, Dean's very upset that yep. he's wearing a tie and is very hungry, which are both very simple. Very true. And also the, the color of the episode changes. We go right. from, it goes very from being super bright. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's very saturated. It's dim now. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, the boss, uh, Mr. Adler, says, welcome back. And his act is actually not his Mr. Adler from, you know, this company. It's Zachariah. And he is Castiel's superior in the angel hierarchy. And he had to come visit after the whole Uriel shit went down. Yep. And Dean realizes he got touched by an angel. Oh, yeah. no. Uh, but he's not happy about this at all. Oh. I love that uh, Zachariah calls his meat suit a smelly thing. Yes. Um. 
And he's just like, what the fuck? This was a it's fucking just, lesson. It, it, it just makes a comment about how creative it was. And this is where we get a fun line from our Zachariah, played by Kurt Fuller, about decoupage. Yep. And he's like, you should see my decoupage. And it sounds gross. And um, Gene's like, gross. No, thank you. So, so Kurt Fuller, um, I think we want to talk here just a little bit about who he was and just amazing that he comes into the project here. He's been in like everything at some point. That's just kind of like you've seen him somewhere. Um, one of the roles that sta- is a standout was Hardemeyer in Ghostbusters in 1989. Uh, he was also a character, an ongoing character on a TV show called Rosewood that I watched. Um, and then uh, hey, plenty yeah, of other he, things. He's just a fucking everything. He really yeah. is. Even Jensen Ackles was just like, you know, he's in a million things. And when uh, he got the opportunity to come on here, Fuller said all he had to do was look up Supernatural online and see the following that it has and the success that it's had and was like, absolutely, this is obviously a very successful show. Why would I wa- Why would I not want to be a part of it? It's a nice pat on the back. And so one thing to know, like if um, every time anybody asks Mr. Fuller if he has done any decoupage, he says no, and I never will. Uh, so he's very adamant about that. And uh, Jensen also just thought it was really great to work with him. So, uh, but now we have possibly, we've introduced new, a new, new angel, angel, a new angel. Yeah. And he, he explains to Dean though, that no, this is a real place and this is a real haunting. We just dropped you in here to prove to yourself that your path is what you're supposed to be on. That you are hunters. It's not, um, it's not something removable. It's something, you know, it's not, it's where you're supposed to be. It's the path you're supposed to be on and that Dean will be successful because he will stop it. He doesn't really say what it is. And, um, but you, and that he, when Dean asks, he kind of just goes on to say, you will do everything that you're destined to do. Yeah. And still like, that's still not specific enough. And I agree on this too, uh, that I'm kind of, I would also be like, can you stop being vague? Can you tell me specifically what it is you want me to do? Because maybe it's just like, I need to make like French toast, right? Right. Or, you know, I need to learn how to flip an an omelet, which I still think I can never do. But I mean, still at least like he would know what he's working for rather than just a stupid destiny thing. But then then he makes uh, some digs about his self-doubt and daddy issues. Yeah. (laughs) And he just- yeah, I said Dean could cold cock him with his words. And he's like, Angel or not, I will still stab you in the face. Damn. And then Zachariah says this thing. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. really hate this because all I have to do is remove two words. And this is me. All right. So Zachariah says, you get to save the world, drive bitching, drive a bitching car, and fuck women. This isn't a curse, it's a gift look around there are fates worse than yours stop whining and fuck you zachariah for hitting like way too on the head because all you have to do is take out fuck women and that's me and i should just stop whining and just do my goddamn job and just stop complaining being tired but fuck off fuck off zachariah fuck you meh you didn't want that motivational speech no i don't want a fucking motivational speech (sighs) oh That's how the so, ends. yep. So yeah, and like it will end with Zachariah being like, "So you win? Like, ugh, are you ready to stand up, be who you really are?" And then it stops, and then it just ends. But he still doesn't say like 
who you are. Like, it's so vague. Well, they're hunters and that he's going to, you know, and they know that it's about Lucifer and the apocalypse and it's just whatever's destined to be will be. That's it. Well, I guess maybe it's like, oh, hunt, like he's just going to be hunting Lucifer. I mean, I do like love the, this is like, how, what do you pull? You strip everything back, no matter what happens. This is this you. Is still this who is who you are. you are. Which is, which is probably, that's probably something somewhat reassuring, honestly. Cause I think, uh, that, like, fuck yeah, it is. I want something like, to be like, this is who you are. Like, that's a human, like, yeah. Phil, deepest philosophical question who am i and now you've got an angel coming in and saying like this is, this who, is you who you are, are. Like, can i can i get you. that one can i get one of those please this will guide all, like god destiny sounds so nice doesn't it like you just do just do your destiny and you just follow it like here's your plan have yeah. fun you have a plan oh now i'm depressed no no all right ah um so i I love i can't wait to hear it i honestly i love this episode i think it's so cleverly written i think the meta is fantastic i've got to get some goat face ghost face uh, goat facers but ghost Ghost facers facers, in there like and we've done so well like it's just ah i think it's yeah no i really enjoyed this episode as well i think it was super fun i think it was um on i think it was important to the storyline as a viewer because it's been kind of like fucking depressing for a few and while this one was not like sunshiny at least had enough camp and like fun to it and then having a little motivational speech there at the end was kind of a positive because i think it was important for dean to know who he like what his mission was yeah, I mean, he's obviously been losing, like, he has just been in. Lost the, focus. He's, he's been very been, lost. He's got the ennui. His ennui has been great. Um, yeah. I, I am not, you know, I am not strong enough. I'm weak. Blah, blah, blah. My brother yeah. is sucking demon blood for some reason. Well, he doesn't and know that, but he just knows he's hanging out with a demon. My brother's weird. My brother's fucking a demon. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's all very strange. But, and then now I have, like, I don't know. Like generally like slapping people around does is not good motivation. Um, I don't think I've tried that as a leader. Not usually you know, sometimes you just need to hit people with sticks, but yeah, I don't know. Um it's illegal usually too. In most states. Most states. <laughs> in all states, possibly all states. <sighs> oh, well, I have a couple teensy tiny casting notes just too. The most important, Ooh, obviously, was Kurt yeah. Fuller. So I do have a couple others. So for uh, Ian is was played by uh, Jack Plotnick. He played like a gazillion roles on Reno 911, which I think is hilarious. He also was Mr. Pups in the Mystery Men um, movie. And he was an accountant in the movie Rubber, which was a really weird. What's like, Rubber? It's like a real weird movie about like a homicidal tire rolling down a highway. It's a thing. Yeah, it was, like, What? Yeah, it's higher. It's like a, it's like a crappy horror movie, I guess. But I'm excited about that. That sounds yeah. great. And then um, Paul Dunbar was uh, played by Richard Side. This is our gentleman that microwaved his head, uh, and he was the elf teacher in the movie Elf, which is Diana's favorite Christmas movie. I love, I love that movie so much. Anyways, so there we go. That's what I got. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for that. Um, yeah, so we will talk to you guys soon. Who knows what will happen between when now and this episode drops because there's four days. And given the way our world goes. Never know. <laughs> Buckle in. That's so we good. are. Um, oh, so I guess in preparing for that, like we always do, I welcome my new robot overlords. I welcome my new lizard overlords. 
all of them. I will also exchange, uh, what do I have? Um, I will exchange excessive ramen packages for toilet paper. Noted. I'll I'll be in a bunker. Um, All right. (laughs) All right. Cheers, Dirk. Cheers, bitch. Devil's Trap Podcast is part of the Ship It Studios Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Devil's Trap Podcast, Twitter, Devil's Trap Pod, or you can email us, Devil's Trap at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share it with all your friends. We're available at all your major podcast listening devices, or you can always find us at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. Thanks. Devil's Trap Podcast is a Don't Be a Dick production. Meow. Intro music, arrangement, and performance by Dave Cox. Piano arrangement and performance by Bobby Orozco. Meow.